Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Podcast. This is episode 441. This is your guide to the geek side, and we are ready to get our nerd on. It's the end of the summer. We're not talking about weather, um, but we are going to be talking about all the awesome things in the world of nerd. We've got a great guest, but before we go on, I am Todd Oxtra, one of your hosts, joined by Charlie Carden. Oh, I'm going to talk about weather. We had a tornado watch here in Michigan. Was down here in this basement a couple of days ago because of the sirens going, woo, stuff was flying all over the place. We were untouched, but other parts around here were were devastated. Roofs destroyed all across Michigan. Yeah, it was nuts. So we're very lucky. So my heart goes out to all those people affected. Hopefully their lives are getting back to normal. Yowza. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy, uh, but, you know, we're getting up into the the fall, which means spooky times. Pumpkin sp- spice lattes have dropped at Starbucks, so we're in the mood, and I'm so glad to be joined this week by a returning guest. That is Mr. Matt Swinski from Carpool Gaming. Matt, how are you doing? What's up? Todd, it's awesome to be back. I'm also going to talk about the weather. I'm pretty sure we got hit by that same storm sure that was rolling through. Sure did. Kept moving east. Uh, yeah, CN Tower, there was a TikTok. You could actually see that thing swaying in the Holy wind a little crap. bit. It oh, my God. That, that thing major happened, but my God, that was not something that I wanted to see. Um, but yeah, uh, awesome awesome to be back. Super stoked to be here. Um, thanks for having me back, guys. This is great. You got it. Very, very good. Well, with that, Matt, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we talked about anime. I believe that was uh, what was the main topic of the show. But this one's going to be all about Ahsoka uh, and the world of Star Tr- Star Wars, not Star Trek. We'll talk a little Maybe, bit about Star Trek. We are going to talk a little bit about Star Trek, though. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, well, I'll jump in. Uh, we are on approximately day 126 of the writer strike and day 56 of the SAG AFTRA actor strike. Uh, we have always been uh, in their corner and will continue to be. We were very fortunate they were able to make a small donation to the Entertainment Community Fund at entertainmentcommunity.org. If you're able to pitch in, these people are fighting for their livelihood, just trying to make sure that they can make ends meet, roof over their head, etc. Not everybody's Tom Cruise. Some people are just out there working a, a day-to-day, week-to-week kind of acting gig, and they are fighting for their lives. So please, if you can give and help out, that would be absolutely amazing. And as course, segueing in, we always like to give some love, honor, and respect to our Patreons, or as I like to misspell it, Patreons, uh, over at patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite. These are the wonderful folks that give us the ability to make great extra content for us. If you visit that website, you can do a free one-week trial at any of our commitment levels. Check out our content, and if you like it, please stick around. But these are the folks that make it happen. At the Best Buds level, we're talking about Jamie Prinky, and our BFFs are Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, the Nias family, my dear friend Missy Merchant, and their great friend Andy Milliken. And we are very grateful for all of you. Thank you very much. So yes. moving yeah. on to the uh, go ahead, please. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Thank you for our patrons. They make everything yes. possible. Uh, we've got new shows dropping all the time. Uh, Charlie just did an episode of um, basically this Facts of Keith Life all about Buffy. Don't know it changed his, his mindset on Buffy. It's a different type of show. But you, have you to know, find out. With the with uh, those, yeah, with that show in particular, I like to bring on a guest, and I say, pick a show, 
pick a season of that show. Often we start from the beginning. I said, give me four episodes that you thought were great. And then we watch it and I let them take the lead. It's fun. But yeah, we Buffy is, yeah, Buffy is, is, is kind of an out there one for me. I also just recorded um, f- with uh, Jonathan Snedeker, who's one of our regular com- uh, contributors, the first season or the first segment of Batman 66 season one. That's going to be a fun one. So look at look for that in a couple of weeks. But yeah, uh, patreon.com secret friends unite. Find out what all the fuss is about absolutely so uh with that charlie we've got this covered with a cover from a very special edition of marvel super special number 41 the adaptation of howard the duck the film it was lucas films it was marvel's first movie done by yes. lucas film about right. howard the duck and it's it's a spectacular. It was, it was filmed largely in Cleveland. That's just a little factoid I remember. Uh, your star, your human stars were Leah Thompson, I think Tim Robbins, and was it the guy who was the? Am I remembering the guy who was principal, the principal? from Ferris Bueller's yeah. Day Off? Was was uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey something rather? Who Jeffrey is, Jones, who's no longer no longer exists in I pop think culture. He's in jail for child that would be, yeah, that's pretty much the reason. Um, but again, this is it's interesting when you put together Lucasfilm and Marvel. Uh, they are now all under the same house. So one could argue, and of course, the multiverse being something that this was the first MCU film. Some people like to quip that. I don't know that I necessarily give that theory credence, but after, you know, Dr. Strange and the, you know, God, was it multiverse of madness? Now I'm forgetting the name yep. of that movie. Uh, everything is canon. So, you know, what, what can you say is not canon? You know what I mean? But this was a crazy offbeat film. Todd, I was, I was 10, you were 11 when this movie came out, um, had, uh, anatomically correct duck costumes, including a, uh, a topless female duck in a bathtub as Howard is being, uh, pulled onto our earth or whatever. Lucas said that has to be in it or I'm not making this film. Yeah. He said, this is where I take my stand (laughs) artistically is, uh, is basically duck boobs is that's, that's where I, that's, that's, that's the, the hill I'm going to die on duck boobs. Yes. I mean, it's very very weird. It's Matt. Have you seen Howard the duck? Uh, I, I have not. Uh, I'm familiar with it. Like I've seen screens from it online, but I've never had the pleasure of watching it myself. Um, but you know, anytime uh, duck boobs are brought up, it jumps to the top of my watch list. So I think uh, you know, I was planning on watching Across the Spider Verse again tonight. I might shelf that and go for uh, for you a just, good old plate of duck boobs with yeah, hey. You know, just just to quote Pat Oswald, "Stop drilling, you've struck oil, duck boobs." <laughs> <laughs> um, but the funny thing about this comic, the series, it was actually a magazine format Marvel did. And yeah. they did it, and it was called Marvel Comics Super Special, but it was basically to cover things that they didn't do in comics. So they did, like, an adaptation of Labyrinth, Santa Claus the Movie. They did Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, the Muppets yeah. Take Manhattan, The Last Starfighter. I mean, Charlie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was one of these. That's right. Um, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a magazine format, spine-bound. So, you know, it was like you put it on your bookshelf. It's kind very of deal, weird. Oh, it, yeah, it was it's weird. Very yeah. weird. There was even some James Bond ones in here, Blade Runner, Annie, Dark Crystal. It makes no sense, but Howard the Duck essentially killed the series because it's the last one. So, folks, right. if you ah, find yeah. this. So, Matt, you really should, when you were at Fan Expo, you should have looked for this because it, it's obviously billions. I, I do own the DVD. And I, I would not be surprised if you go to, you know, just watch.tv that it, it might be somewhere. Um, but I'm very proud to have the disc. So, uh, yeah. 
without a doubt. I'm so proud that I do not need to see it again. It's forever uh, etched in uh, to my brain with a big burn. Um, speaking of things that are etched in and the big burn, waiting down for us at the corner of Hollywood and Vine, our senior news correspondent, 123 years young, I'm talking about Madam Webb. She always has the biggest <laughs> scoops, news, and reviews. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb and Madam Webb. I just want to let you know, I have a new prize position. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Yes. Oh, goodness. We talked about that several months ago, and I told you if that went on clearance at Target, you were supposed to tell me. Is that that where you got it? Clearance at Target. It was, uh, I bid correctly on eBay, and I got the Madam Webb Funko Pop exclusive at Target, which, Matt, sorry about Target's demise in Canada. Oh, that's right. But you you guys do have Toys R Us. I do know that for a fact, and we do not. So, very, very few. They, they've, they've yeah. gone the way of the dinosaur very much, but there's yeah. a couple still uh, yep. still out here. That's it. That is exciting. Well, Todd, I want one, and you know that uh, Christmas is coming, so wink, wink, wink. I would like to have her right in the studio with Cobra Commander, the clone, my Batman, and all the other stuff you see back there. She's an actual bobblehead, too, so she's a deluxe Funko She could Bob. sit, if you're following my hey. hand, she could sit directly on top of Cap Shield, which is propped against the wall. I think that would be perfect. That's just my take. Yeah, it's going to be worth right, billions when the Madam Web movies comes out. Just watch. Oh, it. you better believe, especially with uh, Sydney Sweeney in the title role. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Uh, so delays and dismays. Uh, we're getting our first victims, Todd, of the the very justified um, delays of the writers and the actors strike. Uh, is that something that we talked about just last week where Todd was like, this is my movie of the fall. I'm super fired up. Now you're not going to be seeing D- Dune 2. <laughs> to 2024 and you know what i mean i was getting excited about this too but like i said i i may be sad for the event but i am happy for the reason you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. uh so yeah we've got that getting pushed to next march uh so four month delay which in the greater scheme of things doesn't really matter let's hope the strike is over by then because oh my goodness um let's see here we're also seeing godzilla x kong the new empire we were talking weren't we also talking about that last week well, we were talking about the new Godzilla series, which is going to be on Apple TV. Oh, so there we like, go. This thing's getting a little crazy. The Godzilla universe, the monster universe is just, it's everywhere. Right. It couldn't all be one and the same. So uh, <laughs> let's see. An animated Lord of the Rings spinoff also being pushed a whole year out there. I yeah, don't I, even remember that no. thing being announced, an animated right. Lord of the Rings <clears throat> film. Uh, that's so, that's okay. Um, I think... Right. The Embracer Group owns the Lord of the Rings now in non-WB stuff. And Charlie, Embracer Group is this odd, like, corporation that has bought, like, literally everything under the sun. They've embraced, yep. like, everything. That You know, you, the way you describe it, I'm like, is it really a front for Cobra or something? It sounds Probably very is. evil. You're, you're, you're not far off. Like, the, they've done a ton of video game acquisitions. This, That's this guy like, right here? <laughs> to yeah to the to the nth degree and like there was a there was like a memo that went out that i think got leaked that they were basically like uh some of the higher ups there were like we need to we're not they basically what it boiled down to was we're not milking lord of the rings enough this more milk be, there needs to be much more milk coming out of this franchise globally <laughs> all the time uh so God. they're they're going more to milk the more we milk. ran out of nipples <laughs> We're, yes, Man, you can milk anything with nipples, Greg. Oh, my yep. God. All right. Well, looking back at Warner Brothers, they have 
surprisingly not touch other things in their schedule, which would include Wonka for December 15th. And the absolutely, I'm not excited about it, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom for December 20. And the color purple, which I'm really actually very excited about. And again, we talked about these last week uh, on our fall movie preview, which has now been pared down by about... 25% 25% uh, of things that we were actually excited about. So um, what do you think? I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. If I was them, I would be like, you know, they, they have a term in, in you know, in uh, on the stage, which I've, you know, I've, I've done some STEM in entertainment in my time, making this motion, stretch it out. I think if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that's what they're doing. They're trying to stretch it out just like we're now seeing. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll touch on later. Uh, you're seeing a lot of streaming programming that's on its way over to uh, traditional terrestrial television. Uh, Cause they got to do something um, because they're just, they're just going to keep losing money. And, and again, they act so arrogant, like, Oh, we'll just sweat them out. They're going to be sweating your ass out. You know what I mean? Because uh, nobody's making any money if they're not producing content that people want to pay to see yeah and they'll start losing subscribers because if there's not new content coming out um and guess what hurts them a lot not getting a stream of revenue that they've based their whole right. new model on um, oh wait so- wait wait a stream of revenue for stream ing content meh meh see you're picking up what i'm putting down there charlie but matt i wanted to ask you specifically <laughs> because i'm a little unclear about canadian productions canadian uh, you know because is Canada and their production houses, are they treated differently? Are If the actors are doing Canadian productions, is that different? I know in the UK it's different because they have UK productions, different organizations. So you can see actors who are doing things in the UK uh, pimp those. And they like Martin Freeman has a new series uh, coming out that's a, B- a UK thing, and he can do it. So is, is are you aware of anything unique about Canada or Canadian productions because you have BBC? Or, um, uh, cbc and and those type of things i wish i could tell you todd honestly because i don't know anybody that watches any canadian television um (laughs) even though even though all of our shows get made in vancouver or toronto yeah yeah exactly yeah Uh, everything gets made up here like i mean the boys films out of toronto right like the only one that i could think of in recent memory that had any kind of headache was kim's convenience which met its untimely end um a few years ago uh, but like I, I would imagine that we'd probably operate under the similar role, similar rules as UK. Anything that's Canada made within Canada is probably fair game. But the problem is that nobody watches that anyway. Um, you won't Whoops. like the, 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 like nobody engages with it. I cannot tell you a single popular Canadian made Canadian built television show right now. Um, was Letter Kenny to, was that made? Letter Kenny was the very first, only one I could think of. What Trailer Park yeah. Boys and then Shit's Creek are the ones that kind of come to my mind, right? Well, that's shit. Shit's Creek is long Shit. gone, but yeah, Letter yeah, Kenny's still on. Yeah, yeah, Shit's Creek incredible, but again, like that, that that's been over for a few years now. Um, so like. I, I'd imagine that it's similar similar rules as the UK, but uh, yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to tell you of a, of a good Canadian show to kind of fall back on if you're looking for something that's not made in the states because, like mentioned, everything gets made here anyway, and that goes to the states. Yeah, per, yeah, US produced can, kind of gets gobbled up. So now, do you guys have? I know in, over in Australia they have Stan and they have Crave. Don't you guys have Crave there in Canada? Is that another? We do. Okay. Yeah, we like, we don't have we don't have HBO Max. We don't have. Uh, 
we don't have Hulu. So a lot of that stuff either ends up on Netflix or your Amazon Prime or it goes to Crave, which everything HBO goes to Crave. It's that's kind of gavel, just got to get something different. So very yep. interesting. Hmm. Well, we will see again. Uh, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. We absolutely stand uh, with the WGA and SAG-AFTRA in their efforts mm-hmm. to be able to make a living. Let's hope. Did that you this- hear the latest, though, on it that they no, the yeah, TMP, was- TMP, they are rather than, you know, being reasonable, coming to the table with better offers, they actually are hiring a PR firm to restate their yeah, arguments. Yeah. Crisis management, yeah, crisis management firm. It's like it just just give it up, guys. Yeah. How is restating their position gonna gonna really change anything? They still have to set. They still have to make a deal. So Listen, I think, yeah, I think that, that what gets lost in all of this is nobody thinks of the billionaires running these companies. Okay. Can you think of all the money that they're losing? Nobody considers these. Poor, oh my God. I'm going to have to go from five Gulfstream jets down to, down to three and a half, or, or maybe yeah. I'll have to buy a smaller boat next year and I'll or have God to get... forbid, buy one. That's electric. Oh my God. I'll have to get my mistress, a Honda instead of a Lexus. Mm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and, they, and, they, and the funny part is, like, they're not, when they're blaming things, like they just canceled a League of Their Own, the t- the series, and they oh, blame bummer. the strike. And I'm like, which you caused? Yeah, sure. yep. we we don't like to talk about that. <laughs> no. It's oh it's my god! Reminds me of a certain politician we all hate. But anyway, um, moving right along. So Todd, you finally got me to watch this trailer. You've been talking about this for a long time. You know how much I love Zack Snyder, um, but his uh, Star Wars movie that's not a Star Wars movie is coming to Netflix uh, at uh, just before Christmas. Just watched a trailer upstairs. April and I watched it together, and uh, yeah, Todd's note said they left in the they left in the lightsabers. And April was like, "Those aren't lightsabers; those are swords that are glowing." I'm like, "You got that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, this is going to be a two part deal. But we get the first part, uh, as I said, on December 22, with the second part uh, following up on uh, in April. Uh, this is starring uh, Sophia Butella, who was in Atomic Blonde, but was also the one cool new character in uh, Star uh, Star Trek Beyond back in 2016, and she was in the Mummy, the Star and, uh, and uh, we, Monster Dark Universe. Yeah, we don't really <laughs> need to talk about that. Uh, so yeah, so she is the protagonist. Your antagonist is Ed Screen from Deadpool, and he was also in the much failed Indiana Jones movie this summer. He's one of the one of the Nazi flunkies. Um, let's see here. So yeah. Uh, this was uh, Todd. Jog my memory. This was Zack Snyder's attempted sale, maybe a decade ago, to George Lucas. Like, I got this great idea for a Star Wars movie. And he was like, not happening. And so he said, I'm taking it back. Then uh, I'm taking it back. Then and then then we get this and very very Star Wars influence. Looking at this, like a two and a half minute trailer. And yeah, it says uh, once meant to be a Star Wars film retrofitted from a long gestating uh, concept. Uh, and so, yeah, well, and just look, look for the eight hour, uh, mega cut director's cut sometime in 2025. Um, but yeah, I think it looks very exciting. Uh, very Snydery, a lot of slow-mo, a lot of weird light angles. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, it was the first voice you heard with Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, Ooh, man, this guy does love to get paid. Doesn't he? <laughs> and he's going to be in this. So he didn't have to actually show up other than just voices lines. Right. So oh, he was- yeah, we get. Yeah, uh, who else we got? Ray Fisher, uh, uh, Jiman Hanshu uh, from um, Gardens of the Galaxy, Shazam. Mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, let's see who else. Yeah, I said Ray Fisher and yeah, Anthony Hopkins. and Oh, and, Charlie Hunnam uh, from Pacific yeah. Rim. Yeah, there you go. And what, 50, and, 50 Shades of Grey? Was he in that one? No, no, no. no that's, he was originally yeah, he was, supposed to be in that, and then he... He was jumped. He was in that uh, one of the biker shows. Was it Mayans or uh, Sons of Anarchy? He was in one of those, yeah. wasn't he? and he was in yeah. that really not good uh, 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 Excalibur-type movie uh, directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, gotcha. King okay, Arthur. Gotcha, yeah, the King Arthur. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, obviously, the other Netflix uh, project that's relevant to this in the next Spider-Verse was the uh, the zombie Vegas thing. It, the, uh, it was further up here, and I already lost the name of it. Army of the Dead. Army of the um, Dead. There you go. Hey, Tig Notaro was in that. I thought that made it worth watching. He, Who was so the star? Wasn't it? Uh, yep. Yeah, there you go. Who was the star <laughs> of the Army of the Dead? Wasn't that uh, Batista? Dave Batista. There we go. Yeah, I see. I like him. Um, So that was fun. It was dumb. It was it was your classic dumb fun with, you know, a zombie tiger and all this, you know, zombie casino and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, this is definitely great uh, Christmas break, Christmas break for those of us who get a Christmas break. It's not for the kids. I'm thinking this looks a little choppy and blow up. Plus, it's not rated yet. So you don't actually know if if it's for the kids. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, things do they No. Well, when the when the when the last. The last title card came up. It said this film has not yet been rated. So unless that was a unnecessary tease, which it could have been, um, I assume that it'll get a rating at some point. But yeah, I, I'm interested in watching this. I'll definitely give this a crack. It's probably three hours long. And then the the second part of it is like seven hours long. And I'm sure not one second will be wasted by lens flare and terrible dialogue. So uh, yeah, there we go. So the interesting part about this, Zack Snyder says he was influenced by Heavy Metal, the magazine, if you remember that. It's basically a lot of big guns, boobs, and sexy ladies, and, you know, that type of stuff with, with yep. fantasy mm-hmm. and sci-fi elements. That's exactly what Heavy Metal has always been. It's an apologetic. Uh, and this was apparently Lucas asked Snyder to come forward and pitch an idea uh, for Star Wars back in the day prior to the Disney. So it didn't work out, but Snyder says, well, I'm still going to make a Star Wars film, but this one's going to be all about sex, drug, and rock wall. He wanted to make Star mm-hmm. Wars that was unapologetically unapolo- like adult in not necessarily mature, but adult in like, I can, <laughs> I, sp- got it. Or I can use drugs and have, you know, sex. I got it. This is Star Wars a la Hunter S. Thompson, right? Lee. <laughs> or like leaving Las Vegas. It's just like crazy. Now, I've never seen Heavy Metal had an animated film back in like 1980, 1981. I've never seen it. two movies. There was oh, two, two, two But it, it was, it was yeah. one of those that as a kid, if you even got whispers of it, like, oh, Starlog Magazine or something. I'm like, because in, you know, 81, I was five, you know, and five, six, seven, that early 80s. I'd be like, ooh, animated boobs. Still never saw it. So I guess it's my great white buffalo. I, I guess I better track it down. It's going to have to be a watch with you in April, Charlie. I think that's your oh, next my goodness. Uh, yeah, movie. So, Matt, yeah. with this, uh, obviously you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, seeing this, don't know your, ha- your history with, with Zack Snyder. Did this excite you? Uh, I'm whelmed, honestly. I'm not a big Zack Snyder guy. Uh, I, I haven't, like, anything that he's touched, I, I haven't usually been a big fan of. Um, and everything that this, like, the way that, he, that it's been described on the internet as, you know, Star Wars, but sex, drugs, and rock and roll, um, there it just uh, seems, like, so edgy for the sake of being so, uh, like, uh, like looks, yeah, exactly. Like, the trailer looks interesting enough. I'll, I'll probably give it a watch. And are my expectations up for this? Absolutely not. Like, I just, I, 
no, he no. already went on to say that like there is going to be a director's cut of this movie next year that's genuinely five hours long exactly um, of, of just part to... one no of zach, just part you can't one put this in zach you can't do this of... well zach yeah. nobody nobody that tells me what this. to do i'm yeah, yes just part one so <laughs> oh like my God, I, he's no. just, like yeah so i i'm 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 curious like i said it, it looks fun enough um but like it'll be probably one of those things where it's just like if I'm bored, I'm not doing anything else, and I've had a couple drinks, maybe I'll toss it on. But I don't really see myself, you know, running to Netflix to watch this the second. It comes yes, out. that 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 is that is a the burning lead of entertainment is if I've if I've had enough alcohol, maybe yes. this will be of appeal. Um, exactly. Th- you know what? That's how they're going to make their money. And you know what? God bless America. That's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, any any final thoughts, Todd? Before we uh, move along to this next questionable item, that you I am really curious. <laughs> I have not liked any original Zack Snyder. Th- things i didn't like army of the dead didn't like uh, uh um the the movie with the girl sucker punch uh so oh God, we'll see once again this is all him he has nobody to complain about if it doesn't uh, resonate with an audience it's, it's all his it, it's it'll, his vision it'll, it, it'll be like blaming um it'll be like blaming the stuff getting canceled on the strike um but anyway something that didn't get canceled and i'm kind of scratching my head against it uh and april and i again watched this trailer you know an hour ago and she was like they there's three seasons of this already uh creep show which was now that was a movie in the early 80s was that a stephen king or am I thinking of Tales of the Dark Side? No, Creepshow was a Stephen King, oh, there uh, we go. along with other Masters of Horror anthology movie. Stephen King actually played a role in it. Um, he played the bunker. There we go. Where there, yeah. So it was yes. a very unique anthology horror film, which they did a lot of those in the 80s and 70s and 80s and, and even 90s. Right. I really enjoyed. So they did a second uh, um, Creepshow, I believe, anthology. And then they just decided to make a uh, series of yeah. a one hour long horror just you know episodes and they it's all on shutter so shutter i don't know man right. it's on in canada or not but basically it's a horror dedicated streaming service so they do original yeah, stuff. Yeah. they also have a big collection of really unique horror films and it's also part of amc so you can get the amc plus app and get the shutter content there um, right right only streaming it's only there it's actually a pretty good service and it's pretty cheap it's like Six bucks a month. So it's not bad. Um, yeah, so it's about par really for the cool. course. Yeah, it, it's funny you should mention AMC Plus because we had a bundle that was AMC and Stars that we had for Walking Dead and for Outlander. They're both over now. So I got to, I th- I'm glad I thought of it because I'm like, oh, the billing date's coming up. Got it. Because <clears throat> um, yeah, these stream, I know that there's apps out there that help you track all the apps you have. I probably should download one of those because a lot of them just kind of slip through the cracks if you don't put it in your calendar, which sometimes I forget mm-hmm. to do. Um, but yeah, I will, you know, it looks like uh, season four. Oh, this entire series is uh, done by uh, Greg Nicotero, who's behind The Walking Dead, a large portion of it, or at least certainly was early on. And then George Romero. Oh, George Romero inspired series. Okay. That kind of, that was kind of a run on sentence that I couldn't really figure out what they were trying to say. I mean, Todd, for, for what it is, I think it seems like it knows what it is. <laughs> Because it just it just it, it just looked pretty it looked pretty silly to me and the 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 bit with the ghosts and it's even there's a photograph here in the article that we're looking at um, the ghosts that are in the grocery store I mean that looks very 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 cheap but again yeah. you know if it's an inexpensive service and it's horror we all know that horror is made on a, a shoestring budget because how much money do you really need to make you know a good gross out and they have the you know the, the they keep showing a, a werewolf character that looks just like the werewolf from uh, an american werewolf in london which was to me 
the penultimate classic werewolf movie. It's, if I had to pick one to exist, that would be it because it was, it was great. Plus, it's there were throwback. boobs in that too. There, there's yeah. boobs in that too, which I know we keep talking about boobs, believe it or not. Oh, Adrian, Adrian Bar- Barbeau was in the first uh, Creep Show. No. If you remember her? Oh, Creep Show. Creep Show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she was okay. in that. And there was a throwback to that creature. That creature was also in Creep Show 1 in one of the segments, like a creature that was oh, in Oh, gotcha. So, and uh, the cool part about this is, yes, this these are tongue-in-cheek. They always had a sense yeah. of humor about them. A lot of it was like redemption tales or, or like yeah. revenge, and you did something bad, so this was what was going to actually be your undoing. And I like the fact that they included... Um, Tom Atkins, who's just a great, like, he is a character actor who is in the, the original Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, and Night of the Creeps. Oh, gotcha. I cool, love cool, cool. him. And in fact, I love that these actors can still have a role and they have a fan base. Uh, they are niche, but um, I'm excited for this. Uh, Friday, uh, this comes out Friday the 13th in October. How lucky are we that we get one of that? We and I'm excited. have one. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah I'm excited deal. for spooky season. We always do it every year, so I hope this is cool, and I will get the Shutter app for like a month or so, or get AC Plus and get both, um, and check it out. Matt, I have to tell you, the, the a real irony of Todd's love of Halloween is that he does not dress up. Won't do it. We did a, hey, we're going to dress up, and I we had a guest that week. I dressed up, the guest dressed up, and Todd was wearing a hat. That's Todd's dressing up. <laughs> I gotta, but you know what? It's, gonna... it's, it's okay. I had a mask and I can't, I mean, and you're only this far up. So it's like, I, I had a mask and I couldn't wear it because you wouldn't see my face. All right, Matt, all right, Matt are you here? Are you hearing all these, are you hearing all these excuses? Ter- no, I, you I, were the, I, it was last year. It was <laughs> last year or the year before he was the mayor of Halloween town. So it was something he made up, but it had a hat. And I <laughs> it shirt. had like a, an, uh, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Moving on. Oops. All right. Thank you. Watch. I, you know, I hadn't said do not disturb my watch. is still talking to me. Sorry. Um, moving right along. Uh, we have the potential rebirth and then subsequent international death of physical media by Disney. Um, there was an announcement about a week ago that the great uh, spinoff of Predator, Prey, uh, which was on Hulu last year. And I absolutely love Todd. I know you were a big fan uh, is getting a 4k Blu-ray re- release after not having the physical release at all, because it was a streaming only piece of content. Now we're looking at Disney plus releases of the Mandalorian. And I hear also uh, that releases of MCU um, Disney plus mm-hmm. titles are going to make their way along. But I then subsequently heard that while this is moving forward, I believe in North America, down in Australia, they've, they, they've, they've, kind of cut it off the knees so i that that i guess i guess i just don't get you know it would seem like that would i know maybe it's a distribution issue you know we got to ship them overseas or whatever they don't have local local distribution local production but um this is i mean this is really uh a, a, it's a 360 for, if it was 20 years ago but really it's a 180 you know because yeah, todd's like a 360 360 uh, <laughs> yeah we turned all the way around uh if it was 20 years ago but again this is um You know, we were getting into an era where everything will be streaming forever. Remember how everybody used to be so confident and that's on Netflix. It'll always be on Netflix. I I can see it whenever I want. I don't have to have a disc. I don't have to put a disc in the thing. I can be traveling and I can watch, you know, for a while, like Netflix was part of certain hotel TV. So you could log in. I travel with the Roku because I'm in a hotel half of the week for my work so i always plug in my own roku and watch my own stuff so streaming is super key but with everything that's going on you know and actually that touches on our next story as well a great sh- uh, a show cut down in its prime was sold off for tax reasons you know th- with that kind of stuff happening physical media turns around uh being the only thing you can really count on or actually purchasing something digitally which again for this 
next thing I'm going to reference. That's exactly what I did. Um, so Todd, where do you think this is going? You know, I mean, oh. is, is this going to, is this going to be a flash in the pan or are we headed back to the, the dark ages of physical stuff? I, I think that the tough part about this is there's just too much content. So to expect everything to come up physically is a fool's errand. I mean, we right. were hearing about, yes, the MCU shows, and maybe when a new Disney thing is coming out with those characters, like uh, we get the next Captain America film, we might get Captain America and the America and the Winter Soldier released. But yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, I would many, buy that. Just, yeah. How many shows were released on the Disney Channel? Are there DVD releases of all those? I mean, there's just too much content to do right. this and mm-hmm. expect it. And who has the room for all of it? And like, I remember sitting in my car back in the day when I had a CD player in my car. It was all physical. You had to have a binder of CDs. Yep. yep. I still have one of those, and I bought it a couple of years ago when we we do shows. Uh, you know, for the for the chapter for the Star Trek fan club chapter, like we have one next weekend. I have a TV and a, and, a, and a dedicated Blu-ray player, and then a huge book that has all of the classic series and movies on disc because I like to play it during the show. But I mean, the thing, the thing is, if you're looking on, it's this thick and it folds yep. open. It folds open like that, like that book Indiana Jones had at the beginning of the Raiders of the Lost Ark where he's showing the army guys the Ark of the Covenant and they just got to unsnap it. And he's like, here's a picture of it right here. That's, that's yeah. basically what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with you. Something would have to be uh, really well regarded or they'd have to, it would be, you know, six months, a year after the fact that something's come out and they're saying, hey, people really like this or it's got good buzz or, you know, the the minutes per watch or what, however the hell it is. That, you, know, you know, I've never really had a firm grasp of how those things make money. Um, but mm-hmm. it obviously has something to do with the minutes because they talk about, oh, you know, the, the strange new world. Ba- yeah, they're, ba- they're, yeah, they're back on the top 10 list because, you know, there's this many minutes have been watched or blah, blah, blah. So I would think this makes sense for something where they have really proven like in the mcu they mention uh loki season one or wandavision you know things that have really really clicked and people really enjoy and there's there's still buzz about them even after all the time where they're significant to in the course of the mcu things that follow you know and mandalorian season two oh my god luke skywalker that was it was enormous um so i would be an advocate it's funny after all of these you know, cuts in the next story I'm going to talk about is Star Trek Prodigy. After that happened, I went and I didn't buy them all, but I, I, I filled up my Amazon list with all of the newer Star Trek shows on disc because I'm like, I better buy these, even though even the like Picard, which kind of sucked for two thirds of it. I still still got to buy it at some point, because what if it just goes poof? What if I can't find I- it anywhere? I'd yeah, be curious and- to see how much this was even a reaction to the strike because I mean, like they're looking for everything and anything to, in terms of you know ways to make money now. Yeah, um, I mean Star Star Wars and and the MCU is an easy sell, right? Sure, slap absolutely. a slap a slap a pretty you know steel book on that, and almost any fan would be considering looking you know considering yeah, looking at it. So in this in this course of the last few months, they've gone from having ever having their cake and eating it too to a point now where they're struggling to do anything like you mentioned you know miss marvel is now coming to abc uh for the fall run so i'd even be curious to see how much of this is just a reaction to well we're not making money the way that we've usually made money for the last number of years how else can we make money now it's the marvel old, and star wars throw it out there people yeah will buy the old it. ways yeah the old ways yeah disc disc and then and then ad-based revenue on the the 
you know, dying television networks, you know, mm-hmm. which is what even the latest announcement was CBS is going to be showing the first two episodes of the first season of Strange New World. So that, you know, going back a year. But again, you know, <clears throat> for all of the people who said, oh, I'm not going to pay for Star Trek. and Barbara, They may see this and think, oh, good. My prayers have been answered. No, it's only the first two episodes. Now go, now go subscribe to the service. Do they have an antenna? I mean, they got to pay for cable. I mean, it's <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's that's all. Todd, you remember that clickbait article I shared with you in January earlier this week? Yeah. That was clearly written by some boomer who was like, oh, TV used to be free. And somehow he said with no commercials. And I'm like, no, there's always there's always been commercials because, that, yeah, exactly. Maybe this was somebody who was a little, but, you know, every, every you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Everything costs something. I worked in advertising for many, many years. And that that's the cost you pay, you know. So, yeah, every, everybody's paying in some way, shape or form. If you don't like commercials, just be prepared to pay more. So I have a question for the younger uh, member of our panel. Um, the f- part that always gets me is we're still getting DVDs. Blu-ray's been around for 20 freaking years. This is like somebody trying to tell me, and you can get it on cassette as well. I'm like, uh, can you even <laughs> buy a standalone DVD player anymore? There's Blu-ray, and Blu-ray doesn't cost that much money. And they look horrible on modern TVs. You can't buy a, mm-hmm. a, a 480p TV oh. anymore. You're absolutely no. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. When I bust out an old DVD, because I have you guys. When I was showing you around uh, my studio uh, with the camera before we got on behind my door wall, is my stacker of uh, my my two side by side skinny uh, DVD or DVD now Blu-ray holders, and I still hold on to some stuff. So if I go and I can't find something on streaming, I'll dig out that disc and pop it in, and I have a you know 4K DVD player, and I have you know a very nice television that Todd helped me find, and whatever I put on just generally ends up looking like garbage. It's just almost impossible to watch. Matt, do you? Yeah, I mean, do you those... do you own any DVDs or is like I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's the old people medium, and it's like, and I don't think they're ones buying this, anyways. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know who this is for because, like, if I, if I buy something, I'm not usually one for physical media. Everything that I, I either download or I or I you know I'll buy it because it's like I mentioned, it's a cool steel book or it's something that is something that I could yeah. not get by just yeah. in, interacting with that show on the given streaming service. So. um you know, like, or so something that I want to keep. Like, I have all of Scrubs on on Blu-ray just because it's my favorite show of all time. And yeah. similarly, I don't want it to go away if I'm looking for it later down the road. Yeah, like us in the 70s like, show, it's the same thing. We have all the 70s show, but it's on disc and it looks like trash, but we do have it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, like, Friends, we have the entire, you know, Friends collection on on DVD just because that's what was that we could buy at the time. Um, so I don't really know who the DVD stuff is for. Like, I'd imagine it's, it's just kind of like, I'd be curious to see what the returns are or whether it's just, it costs Big, next yeah, to nothing to make for them nowadays. So the, whatever goes off the shelf is still something. Um, because again, for me, even just to consider buying physical media, it's like, okay, why is this physical thing better than just me interacting with it online? Is it the, is it the steelbook case? Is it extra features that I don't have? Is it right. this, that or the other? But the, the DVDs, fad, I don't yeah. know. The fab, the features, features and benefits. One of the one of the very exactly. cornerstones of marketing. Yeah, exactly. What what makes this noteworthy as opposed to not having it? Why do I got to have it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly correct. So this will be interesting. So we'll keep an eye on this. I'm I'm kind of curious if this is a this is an attempt that that rises and kind of falls. But uh, also speaking of rising and falling, I'll put a cap on the news with something very brief. Uh, I had mentioned several times the last segment Star Trek Prodigy, which is an animated program. We got that in 2021. Um, it was a Nickelodeon uh, joint with Paramount Plus. Uh, which made Paramount Plus at that time the home of all Star Trek. They had everything, including the dreadful animated series from the 70s. We don't need to talk about that. Um, But in a recent brilliant tax-cutting measure, uh, Prodigy disappeared entirely. Uh, It became shortly available. Well, the entirety of it became shortly available to purchase 
digitally and physically. I managed to go in and I spent my 20 bucks to buy the first half of the season. And I was very lucky because several weeks later when I looked, the other half was just there. So I paid 20 bucks oh, really? for the whole season. So I do own it and that's nice. But the show was cut by Paramount Plus, complete fan uproar. And then they said, we're going to shop it around to find a new home. But as as we've been talking about, when these 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 streamers and these other companies are burning money, how's anybody going to buy anything? So... Mm-hmm. Um, this week over the, the Netflix headquarters, which is also the home of, I think, K, uh, KTLA, LA, uh, one of the big TV LA stations that we, I, when April and I were out in LA earlier this year, after the cruise, we were taking a five hour bus tour and we drove through Hollywood and saw this. So I'm like, Ooh, um, but there's, there has been a, uh, one of these, peti- these petition things change.org, which I hate, but I still signed it, um, that get, garnered enough of attention that it led to a old fashioned airplane pulling a banner that says hashtag save star trek prodigy uh and there's a there was a great photo uh on twitter x uh showing it so um is this gonna save star trek uh prodigy don't know but you know what i i love seeing it out there la of course being the classic home uh of where star trek was born so i'm glad to see uh the great representation so that's good todd you uh did you ever tune in and watch a couple episodes of the show or did, did it pass you by I, I watched the beginning uh of it and i thought it was fine the protagonist was kind of annoying and I'm yep like, that was yep but it's like a show like that i think you have to watch more of it to really get a feel True. for it yeah it wasn't making me that excited because the Star Trek hook was pretty slim. Uh, yeah. So really wasn't driving yeah. me to it. Right. It is. Got, it, and again, it's garnered a lot of acclaim um, with fans. And of course, you know, Paramount Plus being like, we're the home of all Star Trek. And now we've essentially eliminated one of the shows from existence uh, or at least from, you know, this platform. But it's still kind of wound its way back. So uh, interesting. We, you know, I have high hopes. Netflix would be a great home for it. But, you know, Todd, what's what's the latest rumble with Disney that Apple might come along and buy them or something because they've got all the money and Disney has none. Maybe it'll end up there. <laughs> I don't know. if I don't think Apple will buy Disney but I think Apple will buy parts of things. Like I've heard there's yeah. potential interest in ESPN because Apple wants, to, they have some streaming of sports already and yeah. getting ESPN would be a big deal, but ESPN is a big money hole right now because all these contracts with the sports. Big but money hole, right. I, I guess we'll see how it goes. But Matt, with with, with Star Trek and, and other like failed shows where they try to bring it back, is there any like shows that like were canceled? You're like, and they actually had a successful like campaign that actually worked? Um, I mean, Clone Wars went went away and then came back for for the final kind of season oh, seven. Yeah. That right, like, I, and I, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of of Clone Wars. So to see that kind of go away when it did was was crappy. But it was nice that it did kind of come back at least for one more season. I think the one that I you know the the one that I'm currently really vying for would be Spectacular Spider-Man. I still think the best, you know, uh, cartoon adaptation of that character. Yeah. Uh, and like just that that show was incredible and what it was building to was amazing. So um, seeing that character again and across the Spider-Verse was amazing. But I I want Spectacular Season 3 so badly. So badly. And that one was was quite from quite some time back, wasn't it? Am I thinking of the one the early aughts or a different one? Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Family Guy was a great example of that. That was canceled and it was gone oh, right. for a couple of years. And then it's been back on ever since Lucifer 2005. On, yeah. yeah, Lucifer on Fox. And then that went to Netflix and they got like two more yeah. seasons. So. And there was there was Futurama, there was American Dad, yep. um, so yeah, and, and we're talking about animated properties all. So yeah, let's let's hope so. So anyway, uh, hashtag Save Star Trek Prodigy. Um, give them your support if you have an occasion. But 
with that, we are out of news. It is time to get out that Uber, that Fuber app, that feeble Uber app. Uh, the Geek Easy awaits down in Skugtown, Nastyville, talking about what we're enjoying this week. So let's get to it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. Sitting in the Geek Easy, cover band's playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. It's early, so I still have some coffee left over. Uh, but, you know, Irish coffee might happen later on. So Ooh. with that, we're talking about all the things we're nerding out about. So, Matt, what has got yeah. you feeling nerdy these days? Uh, I'm watching Harley Quinn, the animated series. Uh, i got to get back to that. <clears throat> Um, really surprisingly enjoying it. I tried watching it when it was first coming out and it was for no reason. I just kind of fell off of it in its first few episodes. Uh, I've gone back and started binging it in the last couple of weeks and I'm in season two now and really, really enjoying it. The writing's fantastic. It, the, the voice acting is, is completely awesome. Uh, Jim Gordon, that show kills me every time he shows up on screen. It's just Christopher Maloney from SVU. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just it's just such a funny, weird, off the wall take on a lot of these characters. And like totally. and Clayface and King Shark. Like there's just so there's so much good <laughs> so here great. that I'm just really, really, really enjoying it. Uh yeah. having a blast with it. Excited to keep going with it. Uh been I started Doom Patrol uh after it was heavily recommended to me many, many times for a bag of friend of mine. And I'm getting towards the end of season one. I'm not completely hooked yet. I like what it's doing. Um, but there's just something about it. Like it, it kind of falls into the same well as like Umbrella Academy for me, where it's just like I was enjoying it and I kept watching it to see what happens next, but I wasn't in love with the show at any point. Um, and I, I find that that's kind of where I'm at with Doom Patrol right now. I'll keep going because I, everything I hear about the show is fantastic and there's nothing inherently wrong with it there's just something about it that isn't entirely clicking with me but i'm curious enough to keep going brennan frazier is fantastic in the role along with the rest of the cast so uh again not a massive familiarity with these characters outside of what this is um so maybe that's kind of where i'm where i'm missing that connect but uh, I'm, I'm i'm curious to keep going with it cool. uh and then for uh us anime fans out here jujutsu kaisen is picking up its second season again uh, in just a couple days, it is coming up on one of like the most hyped cores from the manga that I've ever heard. Like the, it's fever pitch right now. Um, even like sites on X uh, that weren't even that don't usually even talk about anime are starting to cover it. Like it's, oh, wow. it's huge. Um, oh, wow. So to cool. see the, the like they put out a trailer a couple days ago that looks incredible. The animation on that show is always some of the you know industry best. And everything that I'm hearing about this core is that it's supposed to be incredibly devastating uh, and incredibly good. So uh, the first kind of four or five episodes of the second season started a, a couple months ago and then went on a break and now it's setting up for the next major one. So it's coming back shortly. So those are kind of the, the three major things that I'm on right now. Nice. Well, Matt, you're hitting me because I, I, I just started Harley Quinn season two. Uh, oh, so nice. I'm in it. Uh, Doom Patrol. I am on season two. It is a show. Yes, nice. it takes time. It's a brief yeah. of time and it fights I, back at you because it, once you get momentum with certain characters, then you find out, oh, wait, they have more trauma from something else. And it just right. it, nice. it, and it's so weird. Weird like, and yeah. strange yeah. that it's it does fight back. And Doom Patrol was always a weird Vertigo book, so it's the, the this is doing a really good job of representing how weird that book was, um, mm-hmm. and not uh, letting you um, just roll with it. It does challenge yeah. you. There's and, no roll with it. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've made it uh, past that first season too. And with Harley, I was up until this current season. It's just it, it's yucks a minute because it's so off the wall and wild. So yep. yeah, no, I totally appreciate that. 
Yeah. Um, and Jujutsu Kaisen, my son's the big anime fan in the house. We, you know, yes. we watched Demon Slayer um, and a, a few others. And I asked him about the show and he's like, doesn't seem interested, which is weird to me. So I don't know, because I typically watch my anime with my son. So he's going to be a senior yeah. this year. So we'll have to figure out some way that we connect on these things, because it's a good way to connect with each other and just kind of nice. talk about animation because I do love animation of all types. So yeah. uh, very, very cool. Well, uh, if you recommend it highly, then I may just check it out myself and, and I'll watch it and then he'll start watching it with me just because that's what he does. He's like, oh, what you watching? Okay. Oh, okay. I do. It, yeah, it's cool. cool and kind of gross and kind of weird. And the animation is awesome. It's basically a, a number of like high school students that are essentially fighting demons and ghosts kind of thing. So they go in and they. Oh, that old trope. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah, high, go, ghost high, ghost fighting demon high. I'm down. Exactly, but uh, it's awesome. It's 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 really really That's well cool. done. Good okay. deal. Well, very very good. Well, uh, thank you for that. Uh, and very quickly, uh, this is this thing I'm going to talk about is going to be covered in a. Uh, Patreon uh, episode of Fansplaining, which is going to be all about Babylon 5. So I don't want to go deep in here because Charlie's not a Babylon 5 fan, and Matt, you've probably never heard of Babylon 5. Familiar with the name? No idea what it is. Okay. Familiar so that, with the name? That's as close as a lot of people get. Well, yeah. it's considering <laughs> there hasn't been new content in almost 18 years. Mm. And when it was on, you were probably in junior high or elementary school. It's it's a very much a yeah. niche series, which is fine. Not everybody loves it. Um, but Babylon 5, the cool part about this is Babylon 5 is a uh, TV series that I loved in college. I would record it off of TNT every day because this was a weird show. It was a syndicated show. Then TNT, which is owned by Warner Brothers, picked it up. And they picked it up like four seasons in. They said, okay, we're going to take the show and we're going to make a new movie to introduce everybody to it. And then we'll make another season of this on a bigger budget, hopefully. And then they did a spinoff. They did some standalone movies. They did a spinoff called Crusade. And... um, this is their first content in 18 years, and it's Babylon 5 The Way Home. It was a Blu-ray, 4K, Ultra, and uh, digital release. I bought it um, that because I want to give away somebody the Blu-ray. Didn't come with the DVD. Thanks. Thanks. Thankful for that. Holy crap. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Let's move it forward. Yeah. Move the ball. This is the and Babylon 5 is uh, basically it's a space station, has a lot of history. There are previous Babylons, five, Babylons that were numbered that had been sabotaged blew up or something but this is the fifth iteration and a really cool storyline that j michael straczynski uh wrote and he basically when he created it he did a five uh season arc that he created from the beginning so it was kind of a a new way on approaching television that has now taken off obviously that whole have an arc ongoing storyline very cool this is really a standalone uh story about a john sheridan who was the commander of babylon 5 who then basically gets elected as president of the united council of uh, planets. And it's just a one-off story about, um, basically, it's a man out of time where he's transported to the different alternate realities. Uh, it, it's just a small little story within that scope. And it's fine. It didn't blow my, my, my <laughs> socks fine. off. No, it didn't blow Todd my says, socks off. Todd says it's fine. The, the, the way you describe it doesn't blow my socks off either, but, uh, but the proof is in the pudding. Well, exactly. This feels like a smaller project that you're just getting feelers out to get, you know, the old fans back. Maybe someone yeah. will pick it up. It's very, yeah. it would be very hard for anyone to pick it up based on this with all the characters. They don't really do a good job of introducing them. The other yeah. part is a lot of the cast is dead. They've died. Um, I found out that, and, and this show is known for the commander that was in the first season. He is, was, was just left and Bruce Boxleitner came in to play the new commander. Yeah. Didn't know why. Apparently, he left the show because of mental health issues. 
and he could not perform the role. Anxiety. He was having some weird things. So Jay Michael Straczynski helped him through it. He said, can you just get through this? Helped him through it, kept up with him. And they did bring him back in another role later on the show. But oh, then wow. uh, he ended up having a relapse, stopped taking his medicine and, and, and killed himself. Very oh, tragic. Gosh. I didn't know that story, but um, it, it was just a really great video I watched on it. Michael Jay Straczynski was talking about it. So um, I'm glad this is happening. There's talks about a reboot of the show, which I think is important. Um, and I hope they bring back some of the heritage players back. But once again, this feels like a smaller experiment to see if there's really interest in Babylon 5. Um, and I don't know if this will make a lot of fans happy. But for me, it was like, eh, it's fine, which is not what you <laughs> want. I uh, it was funny because I have I, I've told you before, Todd, I have a client uh, in my work life who's a huge fan and he engaged me on Babylon 5 when I first met him. He's been a client of mine for about a year. And so I saw him earlier this week and I'm like, well, you know, what you think of that movie? Yeah, it was OK. I like yeah. I like my partner's got it. He's seen it. I'm sure he's going to be talking about it. So um, hopefully there are others out there that felt that it was more than just OK. So I'd be I hope be so, too. To I haven't yeah, looked at reviews either. I've kind of stayed away from it. But the cool part about this is it is the first animated uh, you know, animated movie with Babylon five. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great artwork, the voice acting a little hollow at times. They did bring in different voice actors to play some of the characters who obviously have passed along. So um, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Phil Lamar. It's funny because he's in this too. He's a voice, even though he's playing a different character. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I hope we get more of this, but uh, if not, then at least we got something, but one again, once yeah. again, it's been 18 years. So Good we'll something. see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. And, and then lastly, um, strange new world, uh, Matt, once again, I don't know if you're into Star Trek, but Charlie is a is an Uber fan. He obviously has a podcast. He runs a, a, a Star Trek uh, portion of the club uh, for the United States. And um, Strange New Worlds is is the best Star Trek, I would say, to get anyone into it. It's new. It doesn't have totally. a lot of legacy, so you don't have to worry about catching up. And uh, a lot of people are, are jumping into it now, which is great. Uh, it's on Big Paramount+. Plus. We had the finale of season two, and it blew my socks off. It was Yay! great. I'm glad. I don't want to say much more about that, but it had the a classic cliffhanger, which we haven't had in a long, long time. It the, was yeah, really the, great. The, the last white knuckle cliffhanger we had for Star Trek was in 1990. It was the season three of Next Generation finale with the Borg, Best of Both Worlds, where Picard was Borgified. And at the end of it, Riker is standing on the Enterprise Bridge and gives the order to fire to destroy the Borg cube with, with Picard on it. And then uh, John, or as a, a little, 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 Patrick Stewart always tells this story that, man, that summer I was driving my convertible down the pch and somebody pulled up next to me at a stoplight and the person looked over at me eyes to eyes and said you ruined my summer <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what, what i was going to ask todd so thank you for bringing that up because it's like the only kind of real interaction i have with star trek was the jj abrams movies with chris pine uh which i actually quite enjoyed given my lack of experience sure. with star trek I like that's chris fair an actor that's fair I thought, they, I thought they were fun movies um and i've always it's it's always been a franchise that Felt very daunting to get into because I just never know oh, where. Yeah. Big time, um, so 60 if, years of content almost, yeah. So if, if Strange New World is the point to hop in, then maybe, maybe I'll give this a go. Ooh, um, I, I am curious fabulous. to engage with it. It's essentially, love, yeah. it's I essentially, was, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, Enterprise is the only thing before this, right, Charlie? chronologically yes yeah but i would ignore that and stranger world yep. basically you're starting at scratch you're going to know some of the names okay, cool. but yeah. these are the, we're all kind of in getting to know these characters for the first time in this way so you're right there with all of us so it's it's really a fun show 
I would yeah, love I'm to, in. much like I've talked with our partner, Mark, I got him to watch an episode of Lower Decks, uh, which is the animated Star Trek that I'll talk about in a second here. Uh, I would love to maybe do a one-on-one with you. And if you watch that first episode or a couple episodes, just get your impressions as a newcomer and saying like, hey, what did you really think? So we, if, if that comes to pass and you watch that, we should have a conversation about that. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm definitely down. Like I said, I'm I'm all about geekdom. And, and again, Star Trek is something that I've always kind of eye, side-eyed from a distance because I've been curious, but just not sure where. But I'll definitely give this a go. I mean, I love sci-fi, so I'm I'm in. That's a good Thanks. deal. Look at that. I got I got two Patreon segments lined up. The, the newbies <laughs> to Star Trek. That sounds like yeah. Fun. The great part about it too is it's episodic, so you get a lot of feels for every character. You don't have to worry about like this overall arc. They can really tell yeah. really unique stories from different genres too. There's just a musical episode, oh, which was gosh. a lot yeah, of fun. I, the songs were okay, but I still thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you, yeah goofy yeah, like yeah. like you know. Oh, we're in fantasy world, so they do right. play with the genre pretty well. So good luck with that, Matt. I don't yeah. know Paramount Plus. Hopefully, you can get that in Canada. I just got a 30-day free trial uh, yesterday, so there's well, a reason tell you, for me to check it out. Yeah, let's talk on socials uh, in the next couple of weeks if you get a chance to check it out. Uh, I will tell you that uh, over Labor Day weekend on Code 47, which comes out on that Monday, we, w- we will be doing a deep dive both into the musical episode, which was called uh, Subspace Rhapsody, and this this finale of which the name I'm currently forgetting, but it was a great cliffhanger and it had to do with very battle-heavy the Gorn, which is a, a, a an alien race of lizards that we previously didn't know a ton about but is part of strange new worlds they've really become a big bit of it so um I, there's only 20 episodes in existence matt so you could you could oh, crank quick. through those in a month no yeah. problem at all so well cool um i am just with so much travel and stuff i just I'm, I'm not consuming quite the way that i'd like to be plus i i read comics for our spinner rack that todd and i do one of our patreon shows uh i talked about that i was reading you know the old gi joe comics i talked about that last week but i was really excited late this week just opened up my email and my contact at viacom uh, through my friend Kurt, who's a, uh, a friend of the show, he's a journalist, uh, introduced me to Context of Viacom. I got a screener of the first eight of ten episodes of season four of Lower Decks, which drops on September seventh on Paramount Plus. There, I did my plug, 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 plug. That's what that that's why I got it. Um, and uh, I have watched through. I've been trying to stagger, but just not. They're just so good. I'm enjoying watching them so much that now we're through. We're on episode seven of eight so i'm like i really ought to stretch these out but i'm now you know two months ahead of where everybody will be on september 7th but really a lot of fun todd the show is not a favorite of yours i get it so i won't drill down on it too much um but fun little touchstones i i've read articles ramping up to this that uh the creators of the show really wanted to give you more easter eggs that kind of go around the entirety of all of the the other eight, nine Star Trek shows that exist. Here's a touch. Here's a touch. The first, uh, the first episode centers around Todd's least favorite Star Trek show from the nineties. He don't need to say what it is, but, it, but Todd, it was actually, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a standalone. So I challenge you. I think you might get a good giggle out of it because it pokes fun at this show that you're not fond of. I, I, I think there's a potential you could find your way laughing through that one. <laughs> that one will be on in September 7th. You so. might like Lord Dex, Matt, because you're an animation fan. It is a yeah. very, very, very uh, tongue-in-cheek, comedic, uh, very satirical. Star Trek. Yeah. So you may like it. Okay. It doesn't do a lot for me, uh, but and it, the funny part is when you watch uh, Strange New Worlds, when you do, there is an episode where characters from Lower Decks G- actually yeah. show up on Strange New Worlds. So you get a, a live-action take on those characters oh. with the actual okay. act, the voice actors around. Right. There. It's a very right. fun crossover episode. Yeah. So yeah, in watching Strange New Worlds, that might you'll get a taste of Lower Decks, and if you get a taste of Lower Decks, obviously also on Paramount Plus, you'll still have it on September seventh. 
So maybe you want to give it a shot. So, no pressure whatsoever, uh, Matt. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> we just, we're just we're just throwing out alternatives. Um, we finally saw, and even Todd, you've not seen the end of this because I was kind of dropping lines uh, to you and John in our group chat about the show Community, which was on NBC, if I remember correctly. It was, yes. For either mm-hmm. four or five seasons. And I know it got canceled and it got picked up by Yahoo streaming something or other. Yahoo for a screen. Yeah, Yahoo, Yahoo screen. Yahoo screen. In, in 2014 <laughs> and i gotta tell you you know i had seen the first three seasons with a lot of the class the paintball yeah. and the different yeah. getting Indeed. into the in the last two seasons were just 13 episodes so they were j- very much like shows that you would see today they're just really very cut down from your traditional network you know 22 or 24 episodes that you've seen in even in a modern lens um they got into episodes where they they did an entire uh animated gi joe spoof episode called gi jeff with jeff winger was joel McHale's saw- character i was And it was April and I, we were binging it. So this was later, I think it was later in the night, maybe last week. This came on and I was just like, I I texted you and John in all caps. I said, OMFG, there is a G.I. Joe episode of Community called G.I. Jeff. I was was flipping out and just poking all all the tropes and all the thing of that highly problematic sunbow cartoon in a modern lens if you watch that Todd and I grew up with. I got a poster on my wall. I'm a huge, huge G.I. Joe fan, but... They use this as a way to poke fun at that show and then also do some character development for Joel McHale's character. So it was great. And seriously, in the very last episode, which does a very, you know, it's it's a very self-referential show. One of their characters, uh, Abed, is uh, he's on the spectrum, but he relates through TV and TV and sitcom premises is what he always talks about. So the show really concludes in that fashion. But they do a bit, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but they do an after credits or a mid credits, I'm trying to remember, of a family playing a board game of the show that turns into an existential crisis for this fake TV family. And then at the end of it, there's a um, disclaimer read by the voiceover guy that had me, was side splitting. Todd, I, I tell you, there, and it's on Netflix, by the way, if you want to okay. tune in. Todd, I would say if nothing else, Watch G.I. Jeff and then watch the final episode and get back to me because I think you'll be laughing your ass off. This was it was it was a a perfect way to end that show. And that show is still alive. There Mm -hmm. are talks of a a TV movie being on Peacock um, in the future when the strike is over. But I would say within the next couple of years. But awesome show uh we we all loved it i mean all of all of us you know in in our stable really enjoyed this show when it was on but it was one that they ended it in a way that i feel was very faithful to the concept of the show it was still funny um yeah highest recommendation watching the entirety of the series it was just it was good stuff yeah community is fantastic i i loved uh my time with i i am curious to uh like i remember watching the later seasons that like you know they always felt a little bit different compared to the first few right uh, as they were happening so so i think for me i i think it's time for a community rewatch because i haven't rewatched that series in quite a long time since it was airing and i remember always feeling the last couple seasons being a little a little bit of the magic was lost yeah Uh, but maybe maybe it's something i just got to go back to and give another opportunity to okay yeah it it changed gears chevy chase was fired uh dan Harmon the show Runner left yeah. or was yeah, forced yeah. off. Yeah. No, well, yeah, I was gonna say uh Donald Glover left to pursue his mm-hmm. career in Atlanta and being in you know Star Wars and things like that. Um, they brought in Peggett Brewster as a regular character, and yep. the and the characters graduated, but they turned into a save Greendale community, so they still met in the in the study room. So that part of the concept, but then they got into more uh you know, non-student adventures where they're trying to do this, and the dean became more of a fleshed out character. There was a great episode where he was gonna 
come out in in, yes. in a way to uh, yeah. you know, and then they they parodied the uh, Dolly Parton song Jolene as Gay Dean, and I was just. Yeah. <laughs> Gay Dean, Gay Dean, Gay Dean, Gay Dean. I'm sorry, sorry, Tally. Yeah, the Dean. I am the Dean cosplay right now. Yeah, you know, I am. Yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness. So anyway, yeah, I would. Yeah, Netflix. uh, Certainly in the U.S., probably in Canada as well, is where you'll find Community right now. So anyway, with that, we end our time at the Geek Easy. Time to skip out on the check. I know they spit in our food because they always do. Uh, But I got to get out that Air Qantas app. Time to get us down to the land down under hologram. Tina and the Mutants Await, where we're going to talk about Ahsoka. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka, uh, the TV series on Disney Plus that just launched on Tuesday with two episodes. Mm-hmm. I believe we're getting episodes all through September. So yep. I don't want to do the math, but that might get us to eight. Anybody know? Anybody know how many episodes uh, we're getting? I think, I think I think it is eight. Uh, I was going to say Ken- Kenobi was six, but Mando was always eight. So I'll, I'll go with eight because I don't feel like they'd show us two and then only have a month left in the chamber. I think they'd want six weeks. So that that's yeah. my guess. Yeah, and, we'll and see. Um, normally a lot eight of Star Wars talk. Confirmed. Oh, confirmed. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Confirmed. Very good. Uh, and so normally, uh, Holocron Chronicles is our primary Star Wars podcast, but because of the strike and alliances and things like that, and we're letting everybody who runs a show take their own approach, they don't want to discuss strike content while it's going on. Uh, we we basically said this was content that was made beforehand. It's out there. It's not like we're pulling the plug on our subscription services, so it's kind of weird not to talk about it. Um, and if you don't if you don't want to hear about the show because you're the same, you know, definitely support that. And you can come back later after you know. Hopefully everything's done and enjoy and you know discuss this show. Right. But, and again, um, I, and again, uh, myself being the the co-host of Holocron, it's Mark's show. I'm taking my leads from Mark, um, and that's totally fine with me. But Todd and I again had a conversation about this and we thought you know what we'll take a swing at it doesn't really feel like it's hurting anything uh so we will do that but yeah tune in over in holocron we've got some fun stuff planned uh that is non-ahsoka related content so don't uh don't don't uh don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. we're still gonna be having some fun over there <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh ahsoka this show is uh dave filoni's baby it is essentially season five of Rebels. I did the catch up where I watched the Clone Wars that were considered essential, and then also Rebels, plus also Tales of the Jedi. There was a episode. There's a three part uh, thing with Ahsoka, so I watched yep. the one where she did her training with um, Anakin. That was kind of the one I watched primarily. Yep, yep, yep. So that's where I'm at. So I feel like I'm in a good space to talk about this show. But um, before we get all in on the show. Um, I wanted to get uh, both of your thoughts on because you're very much deep into star star wars but what is your thought process on how do you pitch this to people who are not all in on star wars haven't watched any of the animation and maybe only met ahsoka through the mandalorian do you feel like how do you approach that with a new new viewer you know if i might um i think you hit the nail on the head your real connective tissue within a disney environment is the mandalorian 
because that was, you know, that was a very exciting turn. Uh, seeing her appear, uh, Rosario Dawson is a very well-known actress. She's got, uh, she's of great regard, I think, within the fan community. Um, so that, you know, that you know, not just tossing somebody in there like, here you go, but you know, having a really a name actress take on that role at that time, uh, having that be essentially a very pivotal episode of The Mandalorian. That's where we learned the child's name of Grogu because Grogu communicated. Uh, telepathically through the force with Ahsoka. And uh, we learned, you know, the first bit about his backstory that we learned at all. That was very pivotal. And then it set in motion a, a key plot point of these two episodes that has to do with one of the villains. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so if I was a, a pitch man saying that, you know, here is uh, Ahsoka, a character that you've learned, here's the, the journey that she's on to find this Grand Admiral Thrawn, which you may or may not know anything about, but Grand Admiral just makes it sound like he's a he's a muckety-muck bad guy. You don't know where he is. You don't know why. <clears throat> but based on how you potentially enjoyed this episode, it's a journey that you're going to want to take. Along the way, we'll be introduced to some other characters. They won't lean super heavy on it. Like, you know, there's there's this green chick. She's part of the Rebel Alliance. Yes, you never saw her during the movies. But, hey, the rebellion is big. And there were other people besides, you know, there, there there's more than one woman in Star Wars. There's more than just Leia. You know, so there, there's other rebels out there on other ships, other fleets, blah, blah, blah. I have an OC character myself from Star Wars who is a muckety-muck big rebel pilot guy. And obviously he doesn't really exist. But, you know, what? the rebellion is huge. Think about the the U.S. military. Think about the Navy and the, the fleets around the world. You know, every Everybody doesn't know everybody, you know? So, um, yeah, I would probably, my main spin, if I was to try to sell this show to a non-Rebels Clone Wars watcher was, you know, hey, remember that one great episode of The Mandalorian and this uh, Force wielder who was not a Jedi, or just call her a Jedi, make it simple. She's a Jedi, ex-Jedi, hidden Jedi, whatever. And the journey that she started, this is that journey continuing to move forward. So watch it and enjoy. There you go. I think for me, one of the, the the things about the show is I think it did a really solid job in its first two episodes of not of being you know if you are if you are a huge fan of Clone Wars and Rebels to like here are all the characters that you know and love. Uh, but I think they they gave us enough to be like I like likening it to the first season of The Mandalorian. We didn't have a lot of context for a lot of these characters before we knew them, right? Yeah. Like there, there's there's incredible backstory here for yes a lot of these characters for Hera, sure. for Chopper for yeah, for all these characters, but for newcomers to the series like or newcomers to these characters, I think there's enough here. There's the, you have your Jedi, right? With or ex Jedi, hidden Jedi, whatever you want to call them. But you have your Jedi. <laughs> right. You have you have you have uh, another force of of evil that they're trying to get to. And I think the setup is enough for people to get invested in. And I'm interested to see over the course of the next few years how this will kind of be looked back on. Just because I think it's a very very strong start. But with all of the plans that we know that they're doing, Filoni's obviously going to have his movie that brings everything together. Right. And I have I have a feeling this is almost going to have like a reverse MCU effect where as people kind of get into this and as the hype begins to build more and more towards this finale of everything yeah. that's come before i think it'll become even more successful with time oh, um and create a look back effect is kind of exactly right because backwards like, yeah and people people are used to this by now the mcu is a, is a giant glaring example of people getting invested in worlds or characters that they're not as familiar with so i think this is the perfect time to take something like ahsoka and make it popular and bring it to the forefront of the fandom uh because she's my favorite star wars character bar none like full stop uh, yeah. i love rebels and i love clone wars so i think here just a simple setup of 
here's another Jedi and here's another story that you don't know about yet. I think right. it's enough for people who know Star Wars. Like, I'm curious to hear my dad's thoughts about this because, again, he's an OG Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, he's watched all the movies, but he hasn't seen anything outside of that. He's watched Mandalorian. He watched Boba Fett. So a lot of the characters that he knows and he enjoys are, you know, are going to be present here in one shape, way, way shape or form. And this is something new for him to engage in. So I'm curious to hear his thoughts. Uh, but I think this is the perfect time. I think this is the perfect time to bring Ahsoka and these characters to the forefront because they are incredible. And if for whatever reason you do want to learn more, well, great. You have, you know, 12 seasons worth of content that you can go back to if you really want to. Right. Yeah, right. Because, because this is going to touch sure. on... Exactly. And this is going to touch on some weirder parts of Star Wars that haven't been present in the movie yet with stuff like the world between worlds and so much more here. This is going to some interesting directions, possibly... So I feel like this could open up some really cool doors. To you know, whole. I would say it, totally, but I, I would say the beauty of, you know, you touch upon it on the MCU as being like a reverse MCU effect. Yes. People, you know, maybe if you started with the Avengers films, you started even further back at the beginning with Disney plus in particular, unlike the uh, wags at Paramount plus, not that I want to bite the hands that feeds me who, you know, shedded a piece of content, all of that content. I mean, even Disney is starting to bring in, I think the, both the Toby and the Andy Garfield Spider-Man films are now on Disney plus, you know, yeah. so they're, they're drawing this content in. So you can simply say, okay, yeah, wow, I dig Ahsoka. Where does this start? Oh, it starts all the way back at this animated Clone Wars film that came out in the summer of 2008. I'll start there. Then I can watch seven seasons of Clone Wars, four seasons or five seasons of Rebels. And then, you know, I've already seen The Mandalorian. Let's say this hypothetical person, that's where they started. Um, and then I can wrap my arms around absolutely everything because I'm a continuity guy. I love canon. A lot of people don't feel that way. That's just my bent. I like to you know, the bear hug, being able to wrap your arm around story content, feeling like there's accessibility to everything mm -hmm. that exists, you know, in Star Wars. And again, I kind of compare it. Uh, I compare contrast to Star Trek, where in Star Trek, only what you see on screen is considered canon. Anything else is Elseworlds beta canon because there are two. Um, wikis in star wars there's memory alpha alpha canon on screen memory beta which is everything else uh where with star wars the lucas continuity group when they they took that over in late 2014 going into uh january 2015 which was a new star wars number one that was the beginning of all encompassing canon there was a lucasfilm continuity group every comic book video game novel yada 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 everything was one big organic globule so Part 63 has to connect with part 147 and there everything's connected, which is, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because you, you back yourselves into creative story points. You get in, I'm stuck in a corner, but then again, there is a, an overall mastery of a single narrative, even through the eyes of different creators. So it can be good. It can be bad, but, but it, it is what it is for star Wars in particular. Yeah. And uh, Filoni, sorry, Todd, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, a bugaboo with me, though, is one of my favorite parts of the whole prequel era, which I'm not a big fan of it, is the Gendy Tarkovsky uh, Clone Wars, which right, that, right, right, right. we would have never got any of that. It's it's not canon, which to me is like, really? The thing that started off, they're like, nope, I guess if Dave Lonnie, if he didn't do it, he doesn't want to acknowledge it. But yeah, that's one of my favorite it's, it's, things. Yeah, me, yeah, I don't yeah. see any reason why that couldn't be canon, because even thinking back on the content of that, and those were like two and a half, three minute shorts. Yeah, there was short. a, a yeah. season where, and nothing happened to them that it was so earth shattering that it couldn't somehow fit into canon. So, Todd, I'm with you. I don't see why those couldn't be canonized. I mean, they're on Disney Plus. 
but they're referred to as some kind of adventure label, much like they took from the holiday special, which which is much Bailey Hooden we've talked about. They took the animated segment, which literally introduced Boba Fett uh, as a character back in 1978. Yeah, and they took that segment, and even though it's a it's a terrible conversion of it, I mean, to watch it, it looks absolutely dreadful, but you can watch it on Disney+, Plus. but it's not, strictly speaking, considered canonical. So, yes, it's it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And Especially I, what I find with a lot of what Filoni's doing is almost taking the worst parts of Star Wars of the last couple of decades and retroactively almost making them better. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, everything that came with the Clone Wars and Rebels made the prequel era a little bit better. Now he's seemingly trying to take the sequel trilogy and again, retroactively make it make sense with Palpatine's return and everything in between. He's like sowing the seeds of being like, okay, I have all these story beats. How can I make this better and make more sense? And I feel like everything he's done so far has been fantastic to, to yeah. kind of almost retroactively take these things that people weren't as big of a fan of. I mean, like, look at Hayden Christensen's return, right? How celebrated that was and how, how stoked people were to see him again when, you know, 15 years ago, people wanted nothing to do with him. So it's, it's yeah. an interesting turn. Well, very good. Um, I think it's, yeah, so there's a lot of approaches to it. Uh, I think the best thing for a lot of people, because there is so much content, um, I think there's going to have to be some really good guides out there to say these are what you should watch, because I'll have to say it, there's so much filler in the Clone Wars and Rebels with episodes that aren't great, not like any, yeah, Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of people, so... Like yeah. any TV show uh, of that yep. era. And again, the Clone Wars came on in I think, the fall of 2008 because there was that yes. animated film, which was really just three episodes kind of stuck together. And then they they started with the regular series. And it was a rough watch at the beginning. The animation, it was just not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stories, like any almost any show, certainly of that era, and it's it's potentially less in this modern era, really had to, to stumble. They, they had to crawl before they could walk, before they could run, before they could fly, before it really mm-hmm. took off and found its own narrative voice. But yeah, you're right. Clone Wars took the sequel trilogy, which is in the, certainly a, a scripting mess in a lot of ways, though by concept, a lot of great things happened in it. But, you know, Harrison Ford famously said to George Lucas in the production of the first Star Wars film, it's like, hey, George, you know, you can write this stuff, but you sure can't say it. And George did not find that funny. But hell, it's hell if it's not a great quote. Uh, And it's true. George just, you know, high concept or concept anyway. I don't know if you want to call it a high concept. But as far as a, a scripting Marvel, you know, he had his ex-wife, Marshall Lucas, who helped edit the original trilogy. But Todd, you and I have waxed poetic on the fact that by the time he got to the prequels, he was kind of like Mr. Burns, and then Rick McCollum was his Smithers. He was, oh God, George, so good. Oh, everything you're doing, and he just put what he made Jar Jar Banks. Okay, nobody stopped right. him. He, he he no longer collaborated. He essentially be, was no longer a cheerocracy. It was a Georgeocracy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's my new term. But um, yeah, yeah it, so it is a different era of Star Wars now. Uh, George Lucas, bless him, he was apparently last seen at uh, Robert De Niro's birthday party, and he was. 80 years old. So George Lucas is not coming back to Star Wars. He enjoys life too much to deal with all the nonsense. He Wouldn't is, you? He, yeah. He's Wouldn't enjoying his life. Quit? So yeah. let's not let's not ask George to come back because fans want it. But we have this series. Now we've talked about the, the precursors. Now we're talking about Ahsoka. Two episodes dropped. I watched the, the, the I watched the both of them. The first episode was almost an hour long. And um in and quickly, just my, my viewpoint in the series, it is Rebel season five. I liked it, um, and I will say though, for someone who doesn't love uh, that doesn't love Rebels or Clone Wars, I did not feel like it was a big deal to me. I didn't feel the weight. Ezra, if you don't know who he is, there's no like drive to say who's Ezra is and why you, you you've seen him and things. Thrawn talked up. 
I've seen Thrawn in Clone Wars. I don't understand why he is like the most powerful guy in the universe and they're making him out to be that way. Right, he's a, he's right. obviously a military commander. He was in charge of things. But the fact that he's going to bring an unlimited power to the space between, I'm like, you got to give me a reason to really want to hate Thrawn. So I'm curious how quickly we'll see Thrawn and what he's going to do. But as of right me, and I know Thrawn's like, we, we met Timothy Zahn, we saw his panel. Yeah, um, and I know I'm sounding like a hater. I liked how this was executed. I just don't get the stakes. The stakes don't seem that interesting to me it's, because we already know this Thrawn doesn't exist in where we're going. So once again, well, this era but, where you know, like, he didn't change the game, he didn't destroy the universe. We did, see yeah. it, and it's going to be the rise of the of, of the uh, yeah. of the next. The, yeah. Um. So to me, in a lot of ways, right. that's why I've always felt like doing these prequel parts. There's there's just very little stakes. It's a lot of world building, but it doesn't feel like yeah. we're going to get anywhere that really changes the game. And to me, that's a little yeah. I struggle with that because we stay in Star Wars where it's this area. We're just adding more content, but we're not building to like why Thrawn mattered because he really didn't. They lost. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> he it's, didn't do anything. I mean, it's I yeah, that's just my it, two cents. It's absolutely a two-edged sword because, again, even I've said, okay, you got a thirty-year. A lot of things can happen in a thirty-year period. A lot of, a lot of wags will say, "Oh, Luke Skywalker, he didn't end up as a bitter old man in the in the EU. He had a wife and a kid, and blah blah." You don't know that he didn't have a wife and a kid within thirty years, and they both got hit by a bus or something. It could happen. There are story beats uh, that are again. Uh, could happen and pass, and they could be, you know, dramatically significant. You can enjoy watching them. But to Todd's point, we know the end game is the First Order, the Final Order, the Sith fleet on Exegol, and everything we saw in, you know, the Rise of Skywalker. That's where everything ends. Um, but yeah, you're right. What does Thrawn mean? How does it tie in? You know, and so you're right. Your real world building and your stakes are how does this all come together in this big Filoni yeah. film where you have mm-hmm. Boba plus Mando and Grogu and Ahsoka and the rebels, you know, characters, whatever it is. So you're right. It's more, it's more internal and less external. So the weightiness of it is, is lessened for, you know, John Q Disney plus subscriber. I, I get that. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 yeah. I think for me, the kind of, big sell of this and i think right now it's like it's like the boogeyman right thrawn is the boogeyman you're like yeah. the, like the the big sell will be why is all this going to be important but i think what kind of the the intelligent way that i think that they feloni probably will anchor this and will kind of continue to drive it forward will be the characters i don't think these are going to be there you're going to have your galaxy ending stakes that will eventually you know come to pass over the course of the next couple seasons and the next movies that will follow. But I think what's going to be the massive kind of selling point for a lot of people will be these characters, because I think that's as a clone wars and as a rebels fans, it's awesome seeing these characters. Again, I, I care about them already. You obviously don't have that attachment yet, Todd, but that's kind of going to be the main role of this series. And I think it was the intelligent part of the first couple episodes to introduce these characters and give you slight hooks as to why they matter without giving you, without showing you the whole hand yet. Right. Because I feel like a lot of what we'll see over the course of the next season is why is Thrawn such a threat? Why do these characters matter? So the attachment will be not because we know that they lose, but we have, we don't know what happens to any of these characters in yeah. the sequel trilogy. We have yeah, no idea where any of these characters go. We have no idea what happens to any of them. So I think the the kind of major sell will be, okay, getting you invested in these characters, not so much in the overarching state of the galaxy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, more of a character yeah. study, in some ways a, a smaller story. So, you know, um, but yeah, as far as the big world ending stuff, you know, if they say save that for the movies, because again, you know, your first trilogy gave you 
the complete architectural framework. Uh, the prequel trilogy was supposed to ostensibly give you a solid basis for, you know, Anakin Skywalker story or the Skywalker legacy as it all. Mm -hmm. And then obviously your sequel trilogy was meant to flesh that out for a new generation, whether they were successful or not, that's definitely a matter of opinion. Uh, <laughs> some people love it. Some people don't. Um, but with this, this is, you know, this is a different corner, but it's, it's telling a smaller story, but I don't know that you're really left feeling that that's what it thinks it's doing. So I, to Todd's point, it's like, where's the weight? Where's the gravitas? Where does, where does this really matter? Um, and again, wait and see, maybe it'll turn out and matter, or maybe it'll be the book of Boba Fett. We don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we so, don't know, but, but, but we're, but we're on for the ride because you know, this, this is what we do. Um, and people who, you know, have enjoyed the Mandalorian, I think, I think we'll at least be along for the first part of the ride. And if it sticks with them, it sticks. And there are plenty of rebels fans out there. There are plenty of clone wars fans out there. Um, so I, I, I feel like it's going to be a success, but again, you know, what made the Mandalorian a success? It, it struck out people just enjoyed the overall star. It was wars a strange new world. Yeah. It was it strange. Was strange world. New it world. was starting from scratch, new character. There was not a yeah. lot of legacy. You just watched it and went along for a ride because it was through his eyes. Now, man, right. uh, I, I know we haven't really talked about the show at all for my complaining. Um, so when you saw this, being a Rebels fan, hmm. what were like the, the, the parts that you loved and were like, you wish you got more of so far? Well, I, 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 like, I'm surprised with how much Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hera were getting. Like, I always knew that, like, obviously this was going to be Ahsoka, um, but I was, I was a little bit nervous coming into it that we weren't going to get as much with the rest of the characters, and yeah. we got the polar opposite of that so far. I love Chopper; he's my favorite droid. So seeing him rattling around and that was, that was, that was great. There, it yeah. was awesome. So for me, like, I'm. I'm already invested in these characters. I'm already invested in this story. Uh, I want to see the rest of them, right? We saw, I'm blanking on his name right now, Zeb. We saw Zeb briefly in... Um, yeah, Mando last, 3. Yeah, yeah. Mando yeah exactly. Three. Last yeah. in the Mandalorian. So I want to see, are they going to bring him back? I want to see where this stuff is going because I am very, very curious based off of the finale of Rebels. Where are Ezra? Where is Thrawn? I right. want to see these characters again. So for me, just returning to this... I was I was curious to see how it was going to feel, and it was like honestly like, like you know stepping into uh, you know a comfortable pair of shoes that you that you've had forever. I'm I'm so excited to see these characters in live action, and so far all of the actors and actresses that have been brought to the table are doing a fantastic job embodying these characters. Yeah, for me it's like it's like it's like coming back home, right? Like it's 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 awesome to be here. So so far I'm very very much in. Like I said, I'm glad that they've started to the, the focus of. Why is Ahsoka important? Why is why does Sabine matter? Because those yeah. two will be kind of our grounding force throughout the, the rest of the series. Um, but that's kind of the, my major buy-in so far. It's just like I'm stoked to be back. So same. <laughs> yeah, with the with new you. with the new characters they've introduced, I've really liked them. I love Ray Stevenson. I love his Padawan. Yes. Uh, yeah. I guess Padawan. I guess Sith. Sith. Or he's still no, Jedi. He, I don't he, think he's he calls her yeah. Padawan. Yeah. You think she looks a little bit like Billie Eilish, or is that just me? No, I, guess. I think I think <laughs> yeah, she I think bit. she looks like uh, the the female companion of a die Antwerp the 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 South African band. She's got real yes. short yes. band uh, uh, bangs. Charlie, I have you to show you a picture of her. Yeah. You got yeah. me there, but like, yeah, yeah, I got Billie Eilish. I'm like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> so we, we've got we've got those two characters, and then we've got uh, a character. I don't know who it is. Harik is that the name of the character? Um, Merrick, the th I think the, yes. the, the Inquisitor. Yeah, or, the, oh, okay. the the masked character who took on oh, a at the end. Gotcha. So I don't know well, who that character is. Is Mer it a new Merrick, character? 
I would say Merrick, Merrick was was one of the was the, one of the general characters in Rogue One. So I, I don't know that it was Merrick, or it could be spelled differently. He, he mentioned, yeah, he mentioned a character, but it was a mass Jedi or or someone from there. We don't know who that person is yet. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys is, think that's someone? It is Merrick. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm curious. I am curious to see because I do think it will be a character that we, as Rebels and Clone Wars fans, we do know. Um, whether because I, I do think that there is potential for that. Um, for that character to be somebody that you know we from the fandom will know um but i am also very very curious to see with skull and hottie um you know what are they are they jedi are they not they're not sith but they're not jedi and i'm very very curious to see what middle ground they strike because what happened to them over the course of you know the fallout of order 66 um because we know that you know in terms of timelines ray stevenson's character would have been a jedi along the same time that anakin was yeah um big you know so it's like what happened um, for this kind of inevitable fallout and what's the kind of goal here. Yeah. Uh, I do think there's, I do think there's some interesting plot threads that they're dropping and especially like who is Merrick. There's a reason this character is masked. And in, right. in my opinion, there is, right. this is going to be somebody we know. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the intrigue. And again, you know, we will, we will know more. And the show uh, is, was the return to form. Todd, I don't know if we talked about this last week. It was a return to form. I think we did that echoes really the HBO model of, of, appointment viewing uh it was announced really just a week in advance instead of just being a regular wednesday drop which happens you know it happens at midnight pacific time here in the east we get it at 3 a.m and i'm not waking up to watch it now it's on tuesdays at 9 p.m which you know i stayed up till 11 o'clock way past my bedtime to watch it uh but it was totally worth it totally worth it um but that's that's cool yeah cool appointment viewing that every tuesday night you know at nine o'clock eastern uh that you'll be tuning in to watch it so yeah keep it alive Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what we get next, because we have Ahsoka now. We get these six more additional episodes. Um, and uh, maybe this is a good question to ask. Um, uh, this is obviously leading to the Filoni movie that will be basically taking in all of these pieces of the Disney Plus, you know, series yeah. universe. Um, is there anything else we're getting after this that will lead into that movie? Or is this the last piece and then for, we're getting the, the movie for the time being that I can think of. I mean, correct me if I'm I wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we got more seasons of everything, because I think they did say that when they announced the Filoni movie, that thing was like four or five years away at the earliest. And I'm sure yeah. with the strike and everything else going on now, that, that will take even longer. So I'd be surprised yeah. if we don't get more Mando, uh, more possibly more Boba and even more Ahsoka, because I think what we're going to get yeah. with this season is the road to Thrawn and Ezra. I don't think the conflict will be, will be resolved by the time that this season ends out. So I think they probably have a plan for more seasons of these shows over the course of the next few years, eventually leading to your big movie five, six, seven years down the line, because yeah. I don't think that movie is imminent. I think they have a plan that they're you know trying to follow through on. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get more seasons of what we have. I don't know if we're going to get anything more than that. I could see an Ezra getting his own show, potentially. Um, I could see that being a possibility, but I don't know how much more we're going to get outside of more of what we have. Yeah, true. Yeah, and of course, everything is pie in the sky because nothing mm-hmm. is is being even written right now. So very interesting. Yep. Good deal. All right. Well, Todd, any final thoughts before we wind down? No, I'm sure I have offended many, many Star Wars fans oh, along the way, which is always no. my goal. No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe in offense. I think. Uh, I think it, we should, and we've always strived in Secret Friends. We're now celebrating almost nine years of doing the show and ten years of having our social network. Uh, that all all viewpoints are valid. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody's uh, opinion sucks. Uh, there's no, you know, I, I don't deal with Todd, the, the term I feel like I coined militant fanboyism. I don't, de- you're an <laughs> idiot if you think. I don't, yep. I, we, you know, to, to quote 
uh, Chadwick Coleman in uh, Infinity Wars Black Panther. We don't do that here. That's not something that we do at SFU. So I think all uh, viewpoints are valid. But Todd's uh, hatred of Star Wars is long reaching. So it's not, it's not <laughs> hatred. I know. No, I know. No, I'm no. decent. I, I, I'm no. decent. genuinely. I'm genuinely super stoked to see what you do think by the time that the season, that the season ends, because I yeah, think as a newcomer, your your points are valid, and I'm curious to see how you'll feel once over the course of the next six episodes to see right. if they bring you around on right. what these characters. Someone are. who is ostensibly a, an outsider to this this aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, mean, I'm very interested. Yeah, I do like the show as it is. I like the characters they introduced. Once again, I don't want uh, you know Thrawn to be like Thanos, where we hear about him for all these time. Like when he finally shows up, he's like, "Yeah, I he's can come in people to do things." I'm like, "Great." Yeah. Yeah. You're you're you're, you're a bureaucrat in, yeah. in government. He, yeah, <laughs> he's going to show up with the infinity glove. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, Matt, awesome to have you on board. Where do people find you out there? Yeah, thanks for having me back, folks. This was awesome. It's always uh, it's always awesome hanging out and talking all nerd stuff. Uh, you can find me over at Carpool Gaming each and every week. We do the PlayStation Drive usually at one p.m. Eastern on Mondays, where we go live. That show goes uh, each and every week, talking all things PlayStation. Nice. Uh, and you can find me over on X. At X. not underscore silver soul. Very good. And Tadence? Uh, yes, on X, you can find me at Tiaxtra. <laughs> um, and trying to get more stuff up on threads with SFU uh, as well. So, um, you know, it's 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 an app in progress. They need to improve some things, but uh, I'd like to, to do more over there as well. I'm very happy for you to be the guinea pig. Uh, I am uh, quasi-active on X uh, at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. As previously mentioned, uh, my lovely wife in April and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the biggest chapters of Starfleet, the international Star Trek fan club uh, in the world. I also am very privileged to be the uh, regional commissioner of Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. Looking at you, Matt, if we win you over, you could be coming (laughs) on board. Uh, If you're a trekker within the sound of my voice in that area, uh, please find us on socials either at region 13 or grand petoskey drop us a line and we'd be happy to connect you with trekkers near you so that's it friends as always thank you for joining us i'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in a truck <laughs> use the force and live long and prosper nanu nanu this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.